welcome to Real Estate Power Talk, hosted by Blake Hawkins and Jessica Holcomb. And our podcast is about all things real estate, retail, investing, marketing, anything that has to do with buying or selling real estate in today's day and age. And we share it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but mostly just our successes. This is a shortcut, folks. This is it. And today's episode 23, we were just kidding. We're coming back because we had a couple more things to say. JK. A little JK <laughs> action going on. So today we're going to talk about... In game. What's your in game? <laughs> it's very serious. What is your end game? So what are you doing in your real estate business? Like, are you thinking about your end game? Are you thinking about just getting your next deal? Are you thinking about paying your bills? What are you thinking about in your business? Mm. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today um, as far as all the different ways that you can run your business in real estate, whether you're retail or an investor. And um, maybe we can even go over all the different types of end game goals that people have. Absolutely. You know, the end game topic for me has come up for myself multiple times here in the past uh, few weeks. And, you know, it took me a while to finally catch on to the signs. But everybody that I was talking to, I was reaching out to guys that uh, were a lot further down the path that I was in my industry, in my space. And the common thread every single one of these guys asked me is, what's your end game? And I'm like, man, you know, every time I talk to these guys, they always ask me, what's your end game? You know, and uh, it really made me sit and analyze and question, what is my end game? What am I doing? What direction am I going? And, 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 and I, uh, I recalibrated uh, a few things and I switched my mindset on a few things, too. And it was it was really uh, enlightening, I would say. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I think when you whenever you first decide to get into real estate, you're not really thinking about the end game. You're wondering, right. is this career right for me in the first place? Right. You no. Know? Well, yeah, exactly. And and for me, it was just deal the deal. You know, I mean, I'm just like, look, I'm so focused on just getting this deal done that I can't see past five feet of myself. Right. And um, I think I think it's I think that's okay. I think starting off, I think that is definitely okay, and there's nothing wrong with that, but. You, in my opinion, and this is from what I, I feel, and, and I heard someone say this. Uh, I was watching a uh, a convention, uh, investment investor convention, and, and the lady was uh, saying, "Listen, you need to start building your end game now. Don't wait four, five, six years because then it's once you start building a a building that it's supposed to be, you know." Um, a certain type of build and you try to change the build halfway through, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your business. Well, it's hard because as you grow through the stages in your business, you're having to retrack and go back and um, repair the foundations that should have been built strong in the beginning. Yes, I agree. And and so for me, I, it, I took a sense of urgency from these messages that I've been getting um, and I felt like they were spoken directly to me. That's just how I took it. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? I really need to, even though my business is an infant and it's just a little baby, 
um, now's the time to focus on 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 my end game, which I have my own end game, and, and there is no right or wrong end game, but you got to know what yours is. And I feel like I know mine, and so I need to start building that now, even at an infancy stage, versus waiting two to three, four years and then start building it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, when I got into real estate, it was kind of, you know, I saw an ad in the green sheet. I was like 20 years old. I need a job. That sounds fun. I think I can sell houses. I told my boss, yeah, I can sell everything you have. And she gave me a chance, you know? And so obviously I was not thinking of that in game back then. (laughs) I was just like, how do I, what do I do? I'm learning, you know? And then once I got my real estate license, after eight years of selling new construction, that's when I was like, okay, I I think I want to, you know, become a broker one day. Yes. So I did know that I wanted to be a broker from from the moment that I got my license. Mm. Like I knew that I was going to get my broker's license at some point, you know. And then I read the book Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller, and that book is the framework of building a team and a and a real estate business like a business. Right. And it talks about it in that book, you know, um, how to frame your business, how to start your business, how to set up systems in your business. And I think with all businesses, a lot of owners hate systems. Mm. They don't even want to think about it because most leaders, let's just face it, are high D's yeah. or I's. Right. And they literally hate doing paperwork and worry about systems. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. You know, but once you get a system down and then you have it in place, it becomes easier and more automated. So then you realize the benefits of it, you know. Um, but I I feel like, you know, when I started my career, I knew I knew that I my end game was going to be to open my own brokerage for sure, get my broker's license for sure, open my own brokerage for sure. And then um, that's pretty much all I knew, you know, um, or what I was aware of, you know. But then as I've gained experience and knowledge and everything else and I've got other companies trying to buy my company, I'm kind of like, okay, so there's, there's more end games involved, you know, like, and, and, um, one of the things that the MREA books talks about is getting to the seventh level, which is where you can step out of your business and your business still runs on autopilot without you. Mm. And isn't that what you were saying earlier that, that your mentor coach that you're working with right now currently was talking about? Yeah. Shout out to Todd Toback over in California. He is a, um, uh, he's an awesome real estate investor. He has a YouTube channel called Lion Den uh, uh, Investment Training, I believe, or something of that nature. Anyways, guy's a beast. Um, yeah. And, and he was saying, he was kind of, he gave me like a six step rundown of basically how to build a business that's a real business. Mm-hmm. Um, versus being a um, being a slave to your business, and listen, th- th- this concept is not a four hour work week concept. This isn't something that's saying uh, tomorrow you can just uh, lay in your bed and watch uh, Dumb and Dumber, and you're going to be a millionaire. That's right. not what it's about. But it's having an end game. And for me, I didn't know my, what really what my end game was. 
I do now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak it to the universe. Okay. So whatever that way, I have to own it. All right. Right. Let's do it. So for me, it's ten million in revenue. Woohoo! Okay, and, like and, and then I and then our company owns a thousand units. Okay. Now that's my first end game, okay. and then and, and then and then we're doing business in every state, mm-hmm. including the great state of Hawaii. Okay. So I don't even know if you can do that. I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. Because, you know, they, they, when they sell yeah, the homes, yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, really yeah. sell the land. I know, I you know. You have to be a native. Okay, 49, 49 states. <laughs> so Alaska, we're coming for you. Um, so yeah, no, I don't even know if you can sell in Hawaii. I, I, yeah, I don't think you can, man. I don't think you can. So $10 million in revenue, and, and then uh, the company needs to own 1,000 units. So that's my end game, and, and I'm sure that will, that will evolve. Um, but I didn't really know that end game. I was just so focused on getting this deal closed or dealing with this or dealing with that, which I still am because I'm a little infant. My business is very small um, and, and we're, we're at the very uh, ground stage and by no means um, are we, are we at, a, at where I want to be, but we're, we're starting. So I need to keep the vision and honor my end game own it and then at the same time still do the necessary work to build it mm-hmm. you know but i feel good with that yeah versus like running around like a, a, a nut job and and doing deals but then not even really like not even really knowing where i'm going yeah well i mean that's when you start running circles and then you're just you know borrowing from peter to pay paul yeah yep. and you and and actually you know what when you translate that to retail most agents, I would say 95% of agents out there have this problem where you you focus on marketing and, and lead generation and then you get a deal and then you take your focus off your marketing and lead generation and you focus on running the deal to the closing and then you're, you close the house and then you have nothing to work on. And so then you're like, dang it, now I have to go focus on lead generation again focus on that. And then there's these gaps, you know, you have all these gaps of where there's no consistency in your business to where you can grow because your attention's always being dragged to this and to that. And if you were to set up systems in place where everything continues on autopilot and stays consistent, then your business and your closings become consistent. And then you just hire and delegate out to other people the things that you don't like to do, right? You know, and then that allows your business to truly grow. Yes, and you no, know, I, I think that's you're absolutely right, and I think really what you're saying is it sounds like it's like it's like getting lost in the weeds of your own business. You get yeah. lost in the minutia. Yes. Of and, and I've been uh, extremely guilty of this before, but now speaking of Gary Keller, read a book. Uh, I'm sure every I know almost everybody's gonna, you know going to be familiar with is the one thing right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, look, the book was great, and I, didn't, I don't necessarily adopt the, the whole philosophy to what he's doing, but I did adopt the, the daily schedule of what is my one thing, and for me... For the day, you mean? For the day. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing is just running deals, talking to people, mm-hmm. talking to people that... And new deals people, not, not Johnny, who we're, we're closing tomorrow. I'm talking new deals. New business. New business. So for me... Uh, that is my one thing that leads to my end game. That's never going to change. Yeah. New new deals, right? So that's been a big a big help. But going back to this end game, you know, there is no right or wrong. You know, I, I think if someone wants to be just a single producer um, or a single wholesaler or a single flipper, and that's what you want to do, hey, just know what your end game is for your 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 individual production. Yeah. 
you know, whatever that is. So let's talk about all the different types of end games out there. Okay. So if you were, let's say you're you're just in it to to get some some money, whether you're a wholesaler or a retail agent, what would your end game be in that situation? Really, there is no end game. I guess that's not an end game. It's just in the business, right? Well, yeah. So if you look at Kiyosaki, he has the cash flow quadrant which is E-S-B-I, and his whole thing is the B-I is passive income, and the active income is E-S. So as a real estate agent or as a real estate entrepreneur or investor, if you have to work your business to, uh, to create income, then you're an S. Mm-hmm. You're self-employed, or, or you're a small business owner, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, a B, a business, an actual business owner, means that you have systems in place and people in place that actually can create uh, revenue without you actively personally having to do something, right? Mm-hmm. And then the I is where you use your own capital to create more money. Mm-hmm. So I think those are really kind of the end games, right? And it ease an employee, which isn't which doesn't really uh, isn't relevant in this conversation. So for me, I think the different types of end games are individual producer. We all don't know those guys, right? The individual person who is a bad mofo. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, they do, they, they produce at high levels. Um, they may not be, uh, they may not be a team builder or, or a team person, but they're highly uh, productive individually. So I think that's one, one route. Mm-hmm. I think the other end game would be maybe a supporter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you're a part of a team, mm-hmm. right? But, and, and then you, you support the team in some sort of way. You work in a business or, or you join another team mm-hmm. and you're a component in that. And then maybe, and then the other end game would be, um, you know, maybe this is something you actually want to build an actual business in an empire. Right. And then you actually need to build something that is something that doesn't necessarily involve uh, you day to day. Right. You know? Right. I mean, I know there's more in games, but that seems like that's kind of the. Well, there. Okay, so you know, talking about that scale system and then like disc profiles, you know, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of different personalities, and there's a lot of people that are just not comfortable being in that leadership role, but they love being a part of building something. Yes. You know, like the leader, that's their role. That's their seat. That's what they're born to do. Right. You know, and then the supporters, that's what they're born to do because they don't feel comfortable doing that. They actually hate it, you know? Well, they they just they just don't maybe it's not even a comfort, they just don't want to. Like they have no desire. No passion for that. But they have a passion for building something together together, yeah. As a team, you know. And there's a lot of people out there that are wonderful supporters. Yep. You know, wonderful, amazing support that no team could do without. Correct, and they get and, and you, no and you can, can still be compensated very well in that role. Yeah, you know. And then um, you know, there's there's people that love. They are literally the glue that holds the business together. You know, like your high C's yep. and S's because you know you've got to have somebody that's sticking to the systems in holding everybody accountable for right, that, right. you know? And that honestly is one of my struggles right now currently in my business is get, getting, holding everyone in, accountable, including myself, to the wonderful systems that we've already built. Mm. 
you know, and I think that's an ongoing, um, you know, issue for a lot of businesses that come up, you know, cause that's when you see like the quality control and the mystery shoppers and all that stuff. Like I remember yeah. when I worked for the builder, um, our managers, you know, cause we're all out in the field. So they are not at our office every day seeing what we're doing, you know, making sure that we're, you know, communicating what we're selling correctly, right. you know? And so they would literally send out a mystery shopper and the person was hired to pretend they're buying a house. Mm. And then they would video us, you know, and they would tell us, our managers would be like, Hey everybody, Monday meeting, mystery shoppers, we're hiring them. They could come to your office at any time. So you don't know who's who. You never know. And, and I, you know, I just never believed them, I guess. And then I guess a mystery shopper came in and shopped me one day and I had, I think I have a video of it of like almost two hours of footage and my manager calls me into the office and he's like, Jessica, you spent almost two hours with this person. And I'm like, I know. I thought I was going to sell her a house. Anybody that stays with me that long is buying a house. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yes. How dare you waste my time? Yes. Jeff. You know? Yeah. You're a fake. You're a fraud. (laughs) But um, anyways, so, I mean, if you talk about, like, keeping systems in place, right? Like, if we're going back to that, like, how do you, as a business owner, keep your systems in check? You Mm. know? And, like, I think you and I are doing that currently. Like, you hire coaches. Yeah. We hire coaches to help us keep our business flowing and growing and keep ourselves accountable to what our end game is yes. and our vision is, you know? Yes. So um, what other ways can you um, think of that can help people, you know, hold accountability in their companies? Um, in their companies, like with themselves or with their people or? Anything. Well, I think with yourselves, I think uh, with yourself as a business owner, you know, like you said, hiring a, a coach, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then also putting your putting yourself in a position to where you study. Well, this is how I do it. You, you know, I study the top people that are in my space, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm I get so in in in, in mentally consumed with like kind of how these guys operate. That it kind of naturally makes me accountable, more even more accountable. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, if, if, if these these guys they're doing 30, 40 deals a month, what you, like what are they doing? Yeah, what are they doing? And right? What do I need to do? Yeah, what do I need to, to do get to, that? To, to get to that point? Yeah. And, and you, it, it just kind of organically keeps you on that track. Um, so you need to be exposed to people that are doing what? it on a big level, or doing what you want to do. Yeah, on a big level, mm-hmm. right? I think that you need to look at the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. right? Whoever the cream of the crop is, that's who you need to be looking so at. So how did you find them? Like, what did you do specifically? So I, I, so it, it was sort of a rabbit hole, um, <laughs> you know, and, and but, I, but I, I don't believe in that. I believe that you start becoming aware of things that you're supposed to, and if you pay attention, then you get led in the right direction. So we're always being led. We just got to pay attention. Yeah. I came across a... Awesome podcast by Steve Trang called Real Estate Disruptors, and it's nothing but guys and girls that do what I do, um, but but they do it at a very high level. So these are these are um, the top people in the industry, mm-hmm. right? And they're not only the top people, but they they're professional. 
So they actually like not only do they earn income, but they earn a phenomenal income, and they 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 have great uh, businesses. So, anyways, started watching this. I watched you know 20, 30 of these podcast episodes from start to finish, and then there was a few guys in these interviews that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Todd Hoback was one. Rafael Vargas was another. Uh, Donnie Ruffin in Dallas-Fort Worth is another. These guys are doing 30, 40 deals a month. Mm-hmm. Todd Hoback's doing um, 10 to 12 deals a month, but his spreads are like the largest in the country, doing like 50 grand spreads. Mm-hmm. Do I mean, that's if you do the math, it's crazy revenue, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, these guys do what I do, they literally have the same business that I have, but they're doing it at this level. Mm-hmm. And what's what's really awesome about them is uh, they they don't they didn't go to Harvard, you know they yeah. you know what I mean they're they're regular people just like I am, um, but they worked hard, but they they got very smart in their business and and so anyways the point is I really um, resonated with those three specifically and I very I, and I started studying all of them. Um, and it, it made me realize some things that I w- mentally wasn't really looking at in my own business. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm not thinking big enough and I can do this a lot quicker and faster if I have this mindset of this is the end game, mm-hmm. right? Versus, well, I just hope I do two deals a month and I hope I have like 40 grand in my bank account after the end of the year. Yeah, Dude, that's, that's not going to cut it. Now, for me, for some people, that's fine, and, and if that's your end game. But my end game is ten million of revenue and a thousand units. Yeah. Okay. And so it naturally made me realize. Okay, number one, I need to hire uh, someone that has done what I do, but they do it way better. And number two, I need to put myself in uncomfortable positions to grow. Um, so I got an office. Which was which was a big move for me. Like you got to get out of your house sometimes, man. I mean, dude, get go get out of your house, please. <laughs> like it really does wonders for people. Like it, it for me. Like dude, like just go go somewhere else but your your bedroom, and like magical things happen. It's crazy. And so that was a big thing for me. I got an office, so now I got my guys coming there. We're making calls. You know, it's just it creates like if if my end game is this, what can I do now? Not, but not be stupid. But what can I do now to start building that? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's what it is. Now, listen. I know a lot of guys in this investment side of the world where their end game is to just generate enough passive income so they can go on hunting and fishing trips. That's fine. If you, if you, but be specific. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is that five grand passive? Is that ten grand passive? Is it two grand? Whatever that is, and then do deals that are going to correspond to that end goal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, some a lot of people's end game is just to to in real estate in general is to bring an additional line of income to their family. Yes. It's not their bread and butter, you know, but then a lot of people fall in love with it. Oh, yeah. And then they want to they see how lucrative it can be. Yes. You know, and then they're like, "Oh my god, I want this to be my only job." <laughs> you know, and so I I've actually gone to very very, you know, um masterminds that were very secret, you know, top secret masterminds. And th- these people are investors that are investing, selling, leasing big apartment complexes and projects and stuff like this. And a lot of these guys in this group are, you know, they have 
day jobs. Right. And they're doing this on the side. Yep. You know, um, wishing that they could do it full time. Right. Praying that they could do well, it full time. You could. I mean, but that's a, they that's could, a, that's a decision. It's a decision. It's, yeah. But at the end of the day, that's not their end game. That, that is their end game. They're working towards it. You know, but, f- you know, how successful can you really be at something if you're split 50 50? You can't. You have to be you all go in. You all in, man. I think you have, you to, have to be all no, in. No, I agree. And I, and, and I, I totally agree. There are, there, and, and I know guys that love real estate just as much as I do. Um, and, you know, they have great jobs, mm-hmm. great jobs, 120, 150 grand plus jobs. And I think it's a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. because. For me, I've always been, there was only one moment in my life where I did not work commission. And that was when I worked for my grandfather's company for about a year and a half. And, but other than that, every uh, occupation, every job I had was based off of commission performance. So I think that's really helped me mentally with that process. And I think it's tough for guys or or gals that are making a hundred grand plus um, you know, and I, I want to get off on a tangent here, but it goes back to the end game. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people and you're making 100, 120, 150, 200,000 dollars a year, but your end game, you know, is to be, is to grow a massive business, then you could do, you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. It ain't ever going to be the right time and you'll never have enough money in your savings account. No. Just do it. And you'll be amazed at what happens mm-hmm. whenever you actually walk and 100% do it. 100% focused. 100% focused. Yeah. 100% focus. Well, it's like the one thing again, you know, like what is your number one focus going to be? And if you're split all the time, you know, then your your results are going to be split. Agreed. You yeah. know, like here's the thing. You, It's kind of like the whole like, you know, you, you, whatever you're doing now as far as lead generation, you're going to experience the results 90 days later. Like... Whatever you're doing three months ago, that's the business that you're going to have now. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes obviously you're going to have some things come in a little bit faster, but the general rule of thumb is what were you doing three months ago? That's what you're reaping, you know, the rewards for now. For sure. So if you're only sprinkling like 50% of your seeds out, you know, um, then you're only going to win 50% of the time. Right. It's not going to be 100% knock it out of the park all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you got to go all in. I mean, if your end game is that, if your end game is not all in, then don't go all in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think it goes back to your end game. I think everybody listening to this podcast needs to sit down and and do the, do an exercise and say, listen, five years from now, what does my business look like? Mm-hmm. And, and there's and, no right or wrong and answer. And also, you know, what is, how are you going to retire? You know, because um, in this day and age, it's, it's interesting because before you used to be able to get a corporate job, get a great pension when you retire, and, and actually to be able to retire and live off of your pension and your social, social security. Now we don't even know if social security is going to be around, even though we're all paying into it, you know? And so when we retire, we're, there's not going to be any money left for us. Well, yeah. I I mean, I don't even, I agree. Apparently. Yeah. That's what people are saying. So if that's the case, you know, it's up to us to come up with some sort of a retirement 
thing, you know, that we can live off of. What can create residual income for us, you know, to where when we retire and we are no longer able to work, who's going to pay our bills? You know, who's going to pay for the medicine and the medical care and the, all this stuff, you know? And, and so those are the things that you have to think about, you know, and if you're constantly working in the game, you know, then you better be saving every penny that you have, you know, or if you're like, I want to build something that works for me, you know, then think about what would that business be, you know? And to me, I always tell all my clients, you know, I think every single person in this world, in this day and age should own at least two to three rental properties because they're gaining in value. Somebody else is paying them off for you, you Mm. know? And then by the time you retire, they'll be paid off. And then all you have to owe is taxes. Their rent pays the taxes and income for you. And that's cash flow that can pay for your medicine. Sure. And your rent, right? Yeah, so like- <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'd, you're right, you know, and I guess it's tough for me to like, like, I don't do this to pay for medicine. I know, but, but, but this, that's the but minimum no, end I, game. I get it. I get minimum end game. I know, pay for your, 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 uh, your medicine for your, you know, arthritis. I get it. But if you're, if you're wanting to build something to the seventh level, Right. Where you can step out of your business, your business works for you, and you can build a legacy Yes, yes that yes, you yes. can um, pass down to your family for generations and generations, then you're going to have to think of things a little bit differently. Like, how are you going to run your business differently Correct. to make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. And those are... Those are great uh, food for thought to think on for everybody. It, it depends on where you are and what you're doing. And um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're you're somewhat in the real estate or in the business or entrepreneurship. So you know, obviously, you're listening, and you're, you know, some of this resonates with you. Doesn't matter who you are. Um, everyone needs to think about their end game. And um, but not only that, don't just think about it. Do something this week that moves you in that direction, and it could be something small. It could be just creating one change or, or adding one thing or, or taking away one thing, your business or whatever it is, but just start building towards that, that end vision now um, versus just procrastinating on it or, or just ignoring it. You know, it says in the Bible, you know, without a vision, the people will perish. Yeah. Same thing, the end game is a vision. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a vision, if you don't have an end game, you will uh, eventually lose track. Yeah. And you'll, it will go sideways. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, the business won't last, but it just won't be what it could be and you won't be fulfilled. Right. You know, so in game, there's no right, there's no wrong. There's no right, there's no wrong. But what is it? What is the end game? What is it? Being clear with yourself and where you want your business to go and what what you want to do with everything is going to be key, you know? And once you have that clarity, you can take the steps towards getting where you want to go. I agree 110%. All right. Well, um, hopefully you guys um, got some food for thought on this episode and got you thinking about all the different ways that you can um, basically build your real estate career. And I mean, we can expand on it probably in the future. So if you want us to, please comment and let us know what you would like to hear more about. And we will try to talk about it on a future episode. Awesome. Keep the vision. Stay strong. Okay, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye.